0: Indeed, very proud of you. And uh, I want to say, I got some words I want to share with uh, everybody that's here and watching. There are actually three groups of people here. There are graduates, there are parents, and then there's our church. And so I want to share with you this morning just a word to each of you. One of the things I wanted to say to those of you who are Caleb's uh, peers, those of you who graduated with him, thank you for being his friend. One of the things that I know that God did when uh, he moved us 21 years ago to Thomasville was for our family, for our kids. And uh, all five of our children, wrapping up with Caleb, uh, God gave them good, close Christian friends. And uh, that is something I'm going to be talking about to you this morning, about the, the value of Christian friendships. But graduates, you're entering a new chapter in your life and I know you're excited about that there's a lot of changes who knew when this year started or when you started your senior year this this would be how you would be ending it well God knew didn't he well just like you didn't know how you would graduate and end your school year you don't know what the rest of your life is going to hold there's a lot of changes that are coming your way there's first of all gonna be the changes of your focus Uh, you're gonna be focused on more of your education you're gonna be focused on your career and then eventually, you're going to be focused on your marriage and starting a family. Relationships will be changing. You know, sometimes uh, these friends that you're so close to here, uh, you lose contact with them and you develop new friendships. Uh, your relationships with your parents begin to change. And even relationship with your own self, you change in how you relate to yourself. You, become, you find yourself becoming more independent and less dependent on others. But I have a word for each group of these people, graduates, parents, and the church. Here's the word to the graduates. Are you listening? Stay in touch. Stay in touch. Things are going to change. But I want, I want to encourage you to stay in touch, first of all, with God. Bobby challenged you before our service began in just that way. Stay in touch with God. God is the one who gave you life. He gave you breath. He gives you every uh, step, every ability to see, to hear, to speak, to learn the things that you've learned. All those things and those accomplishments, God has given you the gifts and the talents to, to have and to grow. The Bible says in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Stay in touch with God. There are very simple ways to do that. I want you to remember something that is most important, is that he loves you. Nobody loves you like your heavenly Father. Mama's going, wait a minute, i, I got to be a close second. You've always heard nobody loves you like your mama. Well, that's true. But God loves you more than your mama. And he always will. And as proud as your mom and dad are right now, your heavenly father is even more proud. He's more pleased. And he wants to maintain just as much as your parents want you to stay in touch with them. God wants you to stay in touch with him. Some very simple ways right here this book. Stay in touch with God by staying in touch with the Bible. Spend some time, carve out time every day, the best part of your day. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe it's at noon, maybe it's in the evening, but the best part of your day, give some time to God reading his word. Finding a a reading plan or some type of devotional plan where you're spending time listening to God and then praying, talking to God. Keep that connection fresh don't uh, let it get stale don't let it uh, grow cold stay in touch with God the statistics are sad I didn't even look them up because I really didn't want to share them so I don't really know them but I do know that statistically when a high school graduate goes off to college they lose touch and they lose touch with God a lot of times but not you that's not going to be what's going to happen to you because I believe you have it in your heart and your mind and your soul and your spirit to stay in touch with God through the word, through prayer. I want to encourage you also, as Bobby shared with you earlier this, this morning, to stay in touch with God's people. That's another great way to stay in touch with God is stay in touch with his people. Like I said about my kids, friendships were Christian friendships and, and God gave them young men and young women that they could hang out with that also had their, their same faith. They believed in God. They walked with God. They were not perfect. My kids were never close to perfect. I was never close to perfect. None of us are. But my kids had some good Christian friends, just like you, have been to Caleb. And I know Caleb's been to you. Don't lose that. Stay in touch with God's people. The Bible says in Proverbs 13 and verse 20, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. You know, your friends can make you or break you. They truly can. I've seen it happen. They can make you or they can break you. First Corinthians 15, 33 tells us, do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. You think I'm going to make this friend with this this person who's a a bad dude and I'm going to change him. Well, if you have a redemptive relationship with that person and truly you're strong in the faith and you want to help that person come to know the Lord, then certainly you and a couple other Christians make that connection with that person. But sometimes what happens is that usually you become corrupt when you don't keep the purpose of that friendship uh, what it ought to be. And that is to bring that person Christ. The Bible says don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals, good habits. So stay in touch with God's people. Don't forget that that God's people, we're not perfect. We're far from it. But I believe we're the best people in the world, God's people. And then the church. You know, when you go off to college, you may be moving away from home to go to school. Find you a good church family. Find you a church that, that has a good college ministry. Find you a church that you can connect with. Find you a church that teaches and preaches God's word. And stay in touch. The Bible says in Hebrews ten twenty five, do not forsake. Let me read verse 24. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works and not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And so what we need, what all of us need, but especially graduates, you're going off and taking this new step into a different world. You need that accountability with other believers in the church of God. So you fi- if you're going off to college and this will no longer be your church home, find you a church home. Find you a place where you can connect with others of God's people. And don't give up. It may take several you may have to visit several churches before you find your place, but don't give up. Determine in your heart, I'm going to find a church home. I'm going to make it my business to connect with God's people and stay accountable to them by just meeting with them routinely throughout my life. And thirdly, stay in touch with your parents. That's a no-brainer, isn't it? Stay in touch with your parents. You know, your relationship with your mom and dad is changing. You've noticed it. It's going to change even more. No longer will mom and dad be the one that uh, kind of tells you every step and everything to do and not to do. But the Bible says in Ephesians 6, 2, Verse 1 says, children, obey your parents. Verse 2 says, children, honor your parents. So you've kind of graduated in that relationship. You've graduated from obeying every single thing they tell you to do. You know, I remember my curfew was 1030 when I was growing up. Listen, I was 1030. My daddy's philosophy was nothing good happens after 1030. And all my friends could stay out 1130, 12 o'clock. Nope, 1030. And I, I better be there at 1030. But when I went off to college my dad wasn't there and I didn't the curfew was lifted basically. He, I didn't have it, so that was new to me. My relationship changed like that. But I knew I wanted to honor my father. No, I didn't come in at 1030 when I was in college. But I remembered the principle. I remembered the morals. I remembered that The things that my dad would want me to do and the things that my mom and dad would not want me to do. And and I carried those with me. I didn't do it perfectly, of course. But I honored them. Stay in touch with your parents. Keep communication open with them. You're going to call them frequently. Hey, mom. Tell dad to put some money in my bank account. I'm running low. Uh, But More than that, talk to them just to check in with them. Let me tell you something about your parents. Yeah, they've embarrassed you, and they probably still will. Uh, One day you're going to be a parent, and then it's our turn to laugh, uh, which we're doing with our older kids now. But they may embarrass you. I want to tell you something about them. Second to God only, they're your number one supporter. They're your number one cheerleaders. There's nobody who's rooting for your success more than your mom and your dad. I'm telling you. Nobody. Not that college professor, not your high school teacher, not your Sunday school teacher, not even your youth pastor your pastor. Nobody's rooting for your success more than your mom and your dad. Stay in touch with them. And when I say stay in touch, keep the heartstrings there. Keep the heartstrings there. Yeah, the umbilical cord may have to be cut, but the heartstrings don't have to be. Stay in touch with God. Stay in touch with God's people. Stay in touch with your parents. Now, I have a word for parents. Parents, you're entering a new chapter too, aren't you? Many of you have been here before, perhaps. This is our fifth time, but it still feels like your first, especially when it's your last. But you're going to face many uh, changes and challenges too. For some of you, it'll be that empty bedroom. For some of you, it may be an empty house. Your parental role takes a shift. Just like the kids no longer have to answer, you no longer are there to point every single decision out that they have to make. You have to adjust to your child's new level of independence and, and relationship. So I have a word for you. I told to the graduates is, is stay in touch. Here's the word for you parents. And I'm, I asked my wife this week, honey, what would you say to parents? What would you say to parents of kids who... Are having their kids graduate. And so I'm really going to share most of what she shared with me because this is kind of what God put on both of our hearts to share with you. And it comes out of Psalm 127. Let me read it, then I'm going to give you the word that I want you to remember. Psalm 127, verse 3 and 5. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. So are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate. So here's the word for you parents. Let go and hold on. Let go and hold on. You've had those arrows in your quiver for 17, 18 years you've held that arrow in your hand. You have formed that arrow, trying to get it as straight as you possibly can. You have sharpened that arrowhead, as sharp as you possibly can get it. You've provided for them a quiver, a place of safety, home, belonging. But now, it's time for you to pull that arrow out of the quiver and place it in the bow. And now you are drawing back on that bow and you're about to release them. As that arrow's in that quiver, as that arrow's in that bow, you're aiming that arrow at a target. In other words, you parents, you have a goal in mind for your kids, not necessarily a specific career, but you want your children to succeed. You probably want your children to be better at doing life than you did life. You're about to release them, but for the most part, your aiming is done. Your straightening, your sharpening is done, and you're about to let go of that bowstring and you're probably scared. Wren said she was an archer during homeschool, I've, and Caleb did that some too. I remember I, had a bar, I have an archery story. When I was a kid, my dad and mom gave me this kid's bow and arrow, and it actually had those, the sharp metal point, not the, not the broad head, thank God, I'd have killed somebody. Almost killed somebody as it is. But I went across the street with my bow and arrow, and a bunch of us guys were standing around, and I'm smart. You know, I just I don't want to shoot at anybody. I just shoot straight in the air. So we just I just shot straight in the air, and we're all standing there looking like that, waiting for the arrow to come down. You know, you can't really see it till it gets right there. And, uh, well, it hit one of my friends right in the forehead. Dang! Thank God it didn't pierce his skull, but it did pierce his skin. So, you know, that's kind of how I felt that was stupid. I didn't aim it right. Um, and then when you let go of an arrow, if you're not... Sure, it may just, you never know where it's going to land. That can be some of your nervousness. I've, I've done my best. I've, I've sharpened, I've straightened and, and, and all that, but, but now I'm letting them go. Are they going to land where I've aimed them? You don't know. That's why you've got to trust God. That's why I said, arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. They shall not be ashamed. You've done your job. And you've done it to the best of your ability. So let go. Let them fly. And that's going, to help, that's going to help when it comes to the area of responsibility that you've trained them, but now you've got to trust them to fly on their own. That's a big adjustment. We as parents are there for a wisdom, for a resource, but the fact is they're going to make many decisions on their own, and now Our role is to pray for them, to make the right choices. In the area of communication, we're no longer there verbally telling them, this is what you need to do, get up and go to class, study. But we're an ear to listen. We're a voice of encouragement. We're a hand to guide when they ask. We communicate that we love them. We let them know that we're on their side. We're their biggest cheerleaders and fans. We believe in them. We want them to succeed. We root them on. We celebrate their successes just like you are today. And we pray with them. And parents, pray with your children. Pray with them as often as you can. Pray with them. Bathe them in prayer. Let them hear your voice calling out to God on their behalf. Because they, they're going to face some major challenges that they've never faced before. And they need the encouragement of your, your prayer. It's going to be important in the area of relationships as it changes over the coming years. You, you're no longer just parent-child. Now you're, you're parenting an adult. That's a completely different dynamic. But it's a beautiful thing when you learn to accept it a beautiful thing to watch them as you let go of that arrow to watch. Have you ever watched an arrow in midair? Have you ever watched it in slow motion? It wobbles, doesn't it? (laughs) Your kid's going to wobble a lot headed to that target. And it may get off over here, and it may get off over here. But it's a beautiful thing to watch when that arrow's flying through the air, and they're becoming. And by the way, moms and dads, did you know you're still becoming? And your heavenly Father is watching you as he shot you out of his bow, so to speak, and and you're wobbling. And He, he takes, the Bible says, he takes delight in us and we're all becoming, but it's a joy for us to watch. That is where we are now in our relationship with our older children is watching them to become the, uh, becoming the men and the women that God has created them to be, finding that career, that job path that God has for them, to watch them meet the love of their life and, and to get married and start a family and watch a whole new generation uh, to begin in the Lord. And these relationship changes can be awkward. There's going to be some a little bit of conflict and strife as you learn. Both of y'all are learning how to adjust to this new relationship but just but it certainly becomes sweeter. Let go of control. Hang on to the memories you've made while raising and training them. Let go of demands and hold on to communications of encouragement, cheers. Always let them know that that quiver, they can always come back to the quiver if they need to. Let go of the parent-young child child relationship and hold on to the new relationship that grows as your child reaches for adulthood and the friendship that ensues. So graduates, stay in touch. Moms and dads, let go and hold on. Now, the rest of you, most of you who are watching here on YouTube, you're the church. There's a word for you. And it's in Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, and it says this. The things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So here's the word for the church. Teach, show, and let. We have seen many young people, like these young people, graduate from high school and move on with their lives. Sometimes it takes them away from our church family, and sometimes they return home here. Many of them have walked the aisle and committed their life to Christ. Many have been in this baptistry as a sign of their new life in Christ. Many have been involved in our Sunday school um, classes and children's and youth ministries of this church. And church, God has given us the privilege to have had a part in these young people's upbringing. And much of, like their relationship with their parents will be changing, so will our relationship with them be changing. What does that look like for us? First of all, teach them. It is our responsibility as a church to never stop teaching. We're always in the process of learning, so there has to be some teaching. We need to still provide places where uh, our graduates can come back and continue to grow in the Lord and learn in His Word and how to apply. That's why we have a college and career Sunday school class. We still want to minister to them and serve them as they face new challenges in life. A church needs to provide a place for this adjustment time that they're going through, a place where they can belong, a place where they can learn. And we need to grow in that area and show them. We need to provide opportunities for these in this transition time of life to be the ones serving and ministering alongside of us. Provide direction for them to exercise the physical energy and the spiritual drive that they have. A church is going to sink if a church doesn't provide a place for this generation to serve. And then lastly, let them. As as these young people mature in their faith, the church must let them start taking leadership responsibilities. I was 19 years old when I became a youth pastor. 19. Anybody in here 19? Grant. Grant, I was a youth pastor at your age. In other words, a church this size, First Baptist Church of Eunice, let a 19-year-old kid take a bus full of 65 teenagers by himself all night bowling. You say, they did? You know why? Because it was all night and I couldn't get any adults to go with me. I took them by myself. Nineteen. These young people are ready to serve. So the church needs to continue teaching. We need to show them these opportunities and work alongside them. And then when it comes time and as they have exhibited faithfulness in their walk with the Lord, we give them, we let them lead. These are our future church leaders. These are our future business leaders. These are our future political leaders. We need to let them these are our future Sunday school teachers. They are our future children's and youth leaders, our future music leaders, our future pastors and, and missionaries. And this model that I'm saying to you as a church to teach, to show, to let, that was the model Jesus used with the disciples. He taught them, and then he walked with them for three years, and he showed them how to do ministry, and then he left them, and he let them do it all by themselves. And they turned the world upside down for Jesus. I believe these young people in this generation can really spark a revival if we let them take some leadership and responsibility. So here are the three groups, and here's the three words. Graduates, stay in touch with God, with God's people, and with your parents. Moms and dads, let go. Let that arrow go. Don't let it rot in the bow or the quiver. Let it go. But hold on to the heart of that child that you've spent 17, 18, 19 years training and winning. In church, we need to teach, we need to show, and we need to let them lead and serve. Let me pray for us. Father, I am so grateful for this church and the impact it has had on my family, personally, were five of my arrows, this church helped me to shape and to sharpen. I'll be eternally grateful for Dawson Street Baptist Church for that very reason. For this church giving them opportunities to serve and even to lead And Lord, I pray that this church would do the same for these young people who are graduating today. Lord, I pray that you would help them to exhibit and live a life of faithfulness as they stay in touch with you over the course of their lives. Lord, that your word would still be precious to them. That your church would still be a major part of their lives. Your people. And Lord, that... The relationship that they have with their parents would grow and blossom into something, yes, different, but even more beautiful. And God, help us as the parents. Help us to make the adjustments that we need to make, Lord, as we let them go. We let go of that bowstring and watch that arrow fly. That we would encourage them cheer them on and support them and continue to pray over them and with them. Father, I pray that you would bind and rebuke the devil. I thank you, God, that he is not almighty like you are, but he is our enemy. And he's working against them to pull these young people and their families away from you. I pray that you would not let him have his way over their lives. That you would preserve them from all evil. That you would preserve their soul. That you would preserve their going out and their coming back in from this time forth, even forevermore. For your glory and for your honor. And Lord, I pray that wherever these graduates go, that you would go with them. And Lord, that you would show them, pour out upon them every day of their lives your love may they be convinced absolutely, positively, thoroughly convinced that no matter what you love them and you always will thank you for this day thank you Lord for the accomplishments of these young men and young women Thank you for all that have had a part in it, their teachers, their church family, most of all their parents. Father, we commit them to you. Go with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you all for joining us today. And it's been good to have some physical faces here. Uh, to be a part of this service, and again, congratulations to our graduates. I know you're at home, and you may feel awkward doing this, but I think it um, it deserve they, they deserve it. So I'm going to ask our graduates to stay seated, but I'm going to ask everybody at home and here, let's rise and let's give them a hand of applause and.